Hey, good evening everybody. It is very, very great to be back here at Landis for another year of, uh, of these Halacha Shirim, these Thursday night Shirim. Um, thank you all for, for coming. I hope you come back. So tonight I wanted to start, since we're just a couple of days before Rosh Hashanah, I thought it would be an appropriate time to talk about Shiloh. Let's start like this. For those who haven't been at this year yet, who, who, haven't, uh, who don't know what this year is about, uh, what we decided to do last year, and it seemed to have worked, so we're continuing on the, along the same topic. If you think it's not working, let me know. Maybe we could switch topics, but it seemed to have worked. That uh, I, I get a lot of shilas from different people because I happen to be a shul rabbi, and after 17 years of teaching, some some tell me to ask shilas, and they uh, and some of the questions are very, you know, vanilla. I forgot Yalaviava. What do I do? And some of the questions are very interesting, so I try to pick the more interesting questions and share them with you, and uh, and we work through the answers together. So that's the the idea of this year. So but we try to pick uh, questions that somehow thematically, at least around the Yom Tovim times, relate to the Yom Tovim that we, that we have coming up. So Rosh Hashanah, how many Rosh Hashanah Shailas can you have? What are, what are most Rosh Hashanah Shailas about? Shofar, right? So that's not something that's going to come up right now. That's going to come up, either came up already last Rosh Hashanah or is going to come up in the middle of Shul. And if you don't know it, you know, on the spot, then you're in trouble. So those, that's a different kind of thing. Those you're not going to get too often where you can have such interesting Shofar Shailas. And if you have, you have a question about the kashos of the Shofar, the yichos of the Shofar, if it was uh, formed by a machine or something, okay, so you get, you get some. But uh, the more, the, the, the interesting questions I got this year uh, relate to two topics. One is tshuva. Uh, those are always the most interesting because when you're dealing with people who have to do tshuva for something, they have a story and the story is usually very interesting and the other type of, of shayla that, that I've, I've gotten this year in particular is shahachyanu shayla now that is not the most common, that you get shahachyanu questions so I'm going to share with you both questions both the tshuva question and a couple of shahachyanu questions and you'll tell me which one you want me to discuss first, if we get to both of them, great if we don't, not, but I'll tell you both Shilas. They're both emails, so I could just read it to you straight from the email. Actually, no, the Chuba one I can't read to you straight from the email because the first line was, please do not read this Shilas straight. <laughs> so <laughs> we're not going to do that. But I did get permission to use it. He said I just shouldn't read the same words. I got permission from the person. I got an anonymous email from a person. There was no identifying characteristics of the email other than the fact that the person identified himself as a high school boy and... Um, and the, that he doesn't know how to spell the word anonymous. The, those are the only identifying characteristics of the, of the email. Uh, the, the truth is, I, I assume anonymous at gmail.com was taken already, so he had, to, he had to mess around with the word a little bit in order to make it work. So, uh, so the, the, the Shaila that he sent um, was as follows. He said that when he was younger, this young man, I assume he means before Bar Mitzvah, when he was a child, he had an issue that he would always steal. He, he enjoyed stealing because he liked having things and other people had them and he wanted them so he stole uh, how did he steal so sometimes he would take something out of his friend's backpack uh, sometimes he would uh, he would lie to get things for example if let's say uh, he, the camp that he was in was running some sort of contest or a school was running some sort of contest and if you do X amount of hours of whatever you get a prize or if you win this race you get a prize so he'd cut through the back or he'd uh, lie about the hours that he put in so he was the biggest masmid and the biggest and, uh, and he always got all the prizes so he would get all these things that he wasn't really that he wasn't really supposed to get um, sometimes he uh, 
Let's see, what other examples did he give? Okay, he gave, he gave other examples. He did a lot of interesting things in order to take money that didn't, that didn't belong to him. I see Taka, he doesn't know how to spell anonymous, even in the, the, the text of the email. Um, and then, that, so his, his child is as follows. First of all, now he's, he's older, and he wants to do tshuva for what he did. If you stole something, what's the way to do tshuva? You return it, right? And if you stole money from someone, or if you stole something of value and you don't have it, you return the value of what you stole. So he wants to know, A, does he have to do that? Because he did this when he was a katan. B, uh, the, most of the items he doesn't have, and he doesn't really have all that much money that he has access to. Because if you're a high school kid, you don't have access to that much money. You, have, you probably have money somewhere in a college account or in the savings from the bar mitzvah money, but you don't have access to that money. How would he gain access to that money? He would only gain access to that money by asking his parents for the money. And his parents would say, what do you need the money for? Well, I used to steal all the time. You did what? So he'd, he'd rather not, not have that conversation. So he wants to know if he, uh, if he could avoid that conversation. Can he uh, maybe pay back by skimming a little lunch money off each time, you know, and uh, using that to pay back slowly? And does he have to confront the people that he remembers that he stole from? Call up the administration of the yeshiva that he went to and say, uh, you know, you remember that, I don't know, what do, what do schools give out as prizes or whatever, that, uh, that, that, that uh, iPod or bicycle or whatever, svarim that, that you gave me, you know, well, I got to the part of the safe where it says, thou shalt not steal, and now, now I feel bad. So he doesn't want to have these conversations. He'd rather not have to go and ask for, and ask for mechila. So, uh, so that, that was his shayla. So many-fold shayla in terms of tshuva. That was uh, shayla number one. Shaila number two relating to Shachianu. It's actually got two shailas relating to Shachianu. One was from a, a dentist, a guy who, uh, who does implant dentistry. So he fits people with implants and just recently he had a patient whose teeth were so messed up that the guy has been unable to eat solid foods for decades. He's been, he's been eating mush, he's been eating like applesauce. And now he's finally saved up enough money to be able to afford implants. And for the first time, he's going to be able to eat like a man. He's going to be able to eat normal foods. And the guy in the dentist chair, he's getting it right now. It's right before Rosh Hashanah. And the guy says, you know, I could probably make a Shechianu on this. This is going to be my first time to be able to... So should I... He, he asked... So his first was that you're not supposed to ask your dentist. You're supposed to ask your rabbi. But he said, should, should I make a Shechianu on my new teeth? Then he started thinking, maybe I should make Hatova Meitiv on my new teeth because it was so annoying for my wife she was never able to cook she always had to pulverize everything she could never uh, make anything so now now, when, do you know the rule when do you say Shach uh, when do you say Atov HaMetiv anyone know the rule good if it's for one person it's Shach so when you buy a car for example if you buy like a midlife crisis car where there's only room for one person in the car so then you make a Shach but if you buy a family automobile that the whole family is going to enjoy then you say Atov HaMetiv not if you lease if you buy if, if you actually gain ownership of it then it's Atov HaMetiv so something you buy a Bayez Chadash a new house or even if it's uh, just new to you the Shulchan Aruch says you would say Atov HaMetiv if the whole family is going, is going to live there so that's Atov so you're saying maybe this is not just something it's my own personal Simcha it's a Simcha for my whole family because we'll We'll be able to serve normal food. We'll have steak again. So maybe we should, we should make Atov HaMetiv. And uh, so that was, that was one Shech Yonashayla. The other Shech Yonashayla I just got the other day. A guy sent me, and I think I'm allowed, to, I'm allowed to quote this email. He said as follows. A friend of mine, after a ton of work, Shech did 10 elk. I know, okay. You know the guy? Yeah? Okay, I was thinking... <laughs> 
Is that is that what Santa Claus uses? Is, is he going to be out of business this year? I shouldn't say this Okay, shechted. No, reindeer uses reindeer. Okay, so he shechted. He shechted ten elk. Five were Beit Yosef, and they were menakir by a Syrian rav in Flatbush. He's selling the front half under the star K because the front half is Ashkenazi food. The back half is Svarti food, right? So he's selling the, the front half under the star K, the back half under the Svarti Rav Sashkacha. It's quite expensive, and I'm paying the Ashkenazi premium for the front half, hoping to buy it for Rosh Hashanah. Now, mind you, the person who sent me this email is someone who enters barbecuing contests, meaning he's not like a guy who happens to eat meat and is like, oh, this is good, this is tasty. Like, he'll... He puts a lot of thought into his meat and into his food, specifically his meat. And he will find out the best way to cook it by marinating it in whatever kind of spice or gravy he's supposed to and cook it, slow cook it for 36 hours on one of the six grills that he has in his backyard. You know, like this kind of guy. So th- there is nothing that gives him a greater geschmack in life, I mean, other than Torah, than, than, than this, than getting the front of an elk to barbecue for Rosh Hashanah. So Shaila is... It's my first time eating elk. It's very rare, it's expensive, and it's special. Do we say Shechiyana? So these are the Shechiyana. So we can either talk Shechiyana or we can talk Tshuva. Any preferences? And we'll, maybe we'll get to both. But, what? Tshuva first. Okay, so we'll talk Tshuva first. So in order to answer the, the question just uh, about, about this person who stole in the past, I think the best way to approach this question is, first let's talk about what would the halacha be if all of this was as an adult? If he did all of these things as, as an adult, he stole while he was an adult, and he uh, and now he wants to do tshuva as an adult, and then we'll have to look at what does the fact that he was a child when he did all these things make a difference. So right off the bat, if you steal as an adult, can you he wanted can you anonymously put the money in an envelope and just stick it in the guy's mailbox? Put it somewhere and stick it in the guy's mail slot. Put it in his house, or do you have to ask for mechila? is the way, we know there's a mitzvah in the Torah, mitzvah daraisa, when you steal, it's not a mitzvah we hope ever to do, but it's a mitzvah, you have to return that which you stole, if you no longer have that which you stole, you have to return the value of that which you stole. That is a mitzvah midaraisa. Does that mitzvah also include, or is there a separate mitzvah, a separate requirement to ask for mechila? Have you done enough when you made restitution? So this is an explicit Mishnah in Meseches Babakam. The Mishnah writes in Meseches Babakam Adaf Sadi Beis that a person needs to be Meratzeh Eschavero. It's not enough to just return the money. You have to make amends also. You have to ask for Mechila as well. The Rambam paskins this in Hilchus Tshuva, as you might expect. The Rambam in the second parak of Hilchus Tshuva, Allah Chetes, the parak that many of us will be learning on the second day of Rosh Hashanah. As Rav Salvechik used to say, the Rambam wrote ten parakim of Hilchus Tshuva, not by accident. He was setting a curriculum for Aseris Yimei Tshuva. They should have one parak each and every day. So in the second parak of Tshuva, the Rambam writes, Eina Tshuva v'lo Yom HaKippur mechaper ne'ela al-Avera sh'ben adam l'makom. Yom Kippur and Tshuva is only mechaper for Avera sh'ben adam l'makom. Aval, Avera sh'ben adam l'chavero. But Avera sh'ben adam l'chavero. Kigon, ha'chovel es'chavero. Awa mekalel chavero. Someone hits his friend or someone curses his friend. Oh, goes low. Or someone robs his friend. And such similar averis, you can use your imagination. There are a lot of averis, but I'm a chavero. Eino nimchaloli olam achiitin the chavero mashu chayivlo. Vigiratsehu. A person has to do two things. 
you have to give him back what you owe him. That's certainly kamuvan. That's the mitzvah daraisa so veishvaz gzela, and you have to be meratz him. You have to appease him. That's what the Raman paskins. So it seems open and shut. Of course, you have to ask for mechil. If this was an adult, I don't care how embarrassing it is. You have to ask for mechil. He doesn't want to do it because he wants to save face. It's very embarrassing for him. So I, I, I mentioned this to another Rav and uh, this Shaila. And he said to me, you know, maybe it relates a little bit to the Chavetz Chaim Rabbi Yisrael Salanter Machlokas. The famous Machlokas, Chavetz Chaim Rabbi Yisrael Salanter. Uh, Chavetz Chaim Rabbi Yisrael Salanter. Machlokas, you have to ask for Mechila when the person is going to be more hurt by the Bakashas Mechila than they were in the first place. I mean, what are you going to do? You're going to, you have a person who, as far as he knows, you were always good to him and, you know, and ignorance is bliss, he's been happy. And you're going to go and say... I'm sorry about that thing that I told to uh, to everyone, you know, to your neighbors and to your wife and to your boss and to your... What thing that you told? You know, about how... And you say, like, these awful things and the person's going to... Now he's going to be looking over his shoulder constantly and he's going to be... It's going to be much, much worse for him. He'd be much better off not knowing that you told him any of these things. So is it better to ask for the mechila? And, and he's going to be very hurt. He's going to be very hurt by hearing about the fact that you... That you told. He wasn't hurt until now, because what he doesn't know can't hurt him. It used to be that when people would speak Lashonara, they, 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 it's possible that the person who Lashonara was spoken about would never find out, because it wasn't always on Facebook. Now it's always on Facebook, so they'll always find out. But it used to be that they wouldn't, uh, that they wouldn't find out. So the, he, he's going to be more hurt by it than he ever was. It's Chavz Chaim and Rizal Salanter, whether you should... What's the machlokus about? Is the point to do something good for him, or is the point to suffer through the busha of asking for mechila so you can get a kapara? Is it more focused on him, or is it more focused on you? So this guy wanted a tiny, this other one wanted a tiny, that maybe if you hold that it's about that it's about doing what's best for him, maybe it's best for these people not to know who stole from them, that it's going to hurt them to know who stole from them. I don't know. I think that's a little bit of a stretch. No, this was years ago. Whatever he stole out of the knapsack, it's really going to hurt them. It's so insulting that my friend stole out of my net. They were kids, and the kid did something that was wrong. I don't think that's going to be a hetero. I don't remember. I think it was Rabbi Sa'i. I think it's what you'd expect. I think it's... Uh, I, th- I, I, I think the Chavaz Chaim says, you do have to ask, and the Shal Salanta says, not. I think. Anyone know? Anyone know? Yeah, I'm right? Yeah, I think, yeah. So, okay, so... Um, so I don't think that's that's going to be a hetter. But I, I saw in there's a, a very nice sefer Sedasfarm called uh, Kovetz Halachos. Of uh, there's a Talmud of Shmuel Kamenetsky that must spend like every waking hour of the day with Rav Shmuel Kamenetsky because he gets his his psak and everything and he wrote up svarim of Rav Shmuel Kamenetsky's psakim very, uh, relating to to the Yom Tovim. So he has a volume on Yom Noraim. And in that volume on Yom Noraim, in Kovitz Halachas Perchaf Hey Os Aleph, he says that Rishmuel Kamenetsky understood the halacha as follows. Why is it that you have to ask for mechila? You have to ask for mechila for stealing? No, the way you fix stealing is by returning the money. So why are you asking for mechila? Because normally when you steal from somebody, a person, you stole someone's wallet. So the person's going to be walking down the street, and they're going to stick their head in their back, and they're going to look for their wallet, and say, ah, Oh gosh, I lost my wallet, it's going to ruin their whole day. They're going to be so upset they lost their wallet, they've got to cancel their credit cards, and they have to, it's a headache. I have the, there's, a, there's a teacher in DRS who's a big tzaddik. His, uh, his name is Mr. Mark. He, uh, he, his car was stolen yesterday. And uh, I said, oh, he must be so upset. 
He said, yeah, I know, because I, I don't care about the car, but I, I don't know what the Rebona Shalom is trying to tell me. I can't figure out what Hashem is trying to tell me. Most people aren't like that. Most people are worried by more than just what Hashem is trying to tell them. They have Agmas Nefesh from it. It causes Agmas Nefesh. So if you stole from a person and you caused him Agmas Nefesh, you have to ask for Mechila, for the Agmas Nefesh that you caused him. That's why the Mishnah says in Baba Kama that if you steal something from somebody and he doesn't know yet that you stole from him, you could just put it back. And he'll never know, and that's fine. As long as you're putting it in the same place where it was, it's a Makam Shumar, it's perfectly fine. So that's fine. You don't have to ask for Mechila. He, he never has to know. And that makes a lot of sense, that the whole Mechila is only to the Agmas Nefesh that it caused him. But what if it didn't cause any Agmas Nefesh? Take the case where the kid lied on his thing he said that he learned 27 hours a day. So that, that beat the other kid who lied and said that he learned 24 hours a day. But he, he said he learned, and they, they never added up the numbers. So he said he learned for 27 hours a day and he won a prize from the yeshiva. So the yeshiva didn't have any Agma Sefesh. What do you mean? They Adrava, they were so proud of him. I mean, how many yeshivas have boys that learn 27 hours a day? They, 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 they were very proud of him. The, the other boys didn't, uh, weren't, weren't, didn't have any Agma Sefesh from him because they, it was fair and square. That was, uh, they didn't think they lost out because of him. Or the, probably the other kids who could have, uh, who would have otherwise, maybe a little Agmas Nefesh there. Does he really think he should have won? He, he, he knows that it's ours, he lost fair and square. I mean, he thinks. <laughs> so I don't know, maybe you could argue on that, in that case that there's no Agmas Nefesh. Maybe you could argue on that, in that case that there's no Agmas Nefesh. But in, uh, in a case where you pull things out of a kid's backpack, I don't think you could argue there's no Agmas Nefesh there. Adaraba. With a with a child, sometimes you pull something out of it. I I I've, I have children. Sometimes they uh, they come home and uh, you know you gave them five dollars to pay for tomorrow's uh, you know lunch money on the trip or whatever it is. And uh, what happened to the five dollars? I don't know. Did you give it in for the lunch money on the trip? No. <laughs> did it, did Mora take it out of your bag? I don't know. And it, it's just gone. So, so the parent is going to tell the kid, you're so responsible, how could you blah, 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 blah. And the kid's going to feel sad, and it's going to... That's Agmas Nefesh. A child does Agmas Nefesh also. Rav Palm's grandson told me that he was walking with his grandfather once. He was walking with Rav Palm in, a, in a, sh- a shopping mall. I don't know, I can't imagine. But in a, in a store somewhere. And, uh, there was, and there was a child with his mother, and the child was misbehaving. And the mother said to the child, Bad boy, you're a bad boy. And he, the, the, the Rav Palm's grandson, Binyamin, looks, looks over to, to Rav Palm and he sees he's got tears coming down his face. And he says, Zaydi, is everything all right? And he said, uh, how could she say that to him? He's a bad guy. How could she call him that? How could she say such a thing to him? She could say, you didn't do the right thing. I'm just, how could she say such a thing? To be sensitive to a child's feelings. Children have feelings also. And he calls that masnefesh to, to a child. Okay, we don't all have the sensitivity of, uh, of a Rav Pam, but we should have some sensitivity to a child's feelings. Also, Dimas and The same reason, Yasam uh, Valmana, that a person has to be especially nice, and to one's wife, a person has to be especially kind, and especially. Because Dimas and cry easily. Children cry very easily. A person has to be sensitive to a child's feelings. So I don't think, if we were talking about an adult, I don't think we'd have any hatim. I think he would have to return the money, he would have to figure out the value of whatever he stole and try to return that, he'd have to go and ask for mechila. But we're not talking about an adult, we're talking about a child. So does it change when we're talking about a child? So I think it does, in a significant way. Uh, it's not just me that thinks it does, the Shulchan Aruch thinks it does. Shulchan Aruch in Chosh Mishpat 
Simen Shin Memta Siv Gimel. This is the Gemara Pesach Yosef. Pesach Yosef is medayik the following. The Gemara in Perak Hachovel and the Pesayin Amaral tells us that there are some people where if you get into a monetary dispute with certain people, so you have uh, it's a fifty-fifty battle. You know, whatever you have the same rights that they have, and you know you go to a base and everything will work out fair and square. But there are some people where if you get into some sort of monetary dispute, it's it, it, it's really not worth it for you. It's a, it's a losing battle. So the Mishnah says, If you want to pick a fight with someone, try to avoid a Why? If you beat them up, you're going to be to pay for any damage that you do to them. But if they come and they assault you, they're going to be potter. They're not going to have to pay for anything. An Eved and a woman, bad idea to start up with an Eved or an Isha. Why? You damage them, you hurt them, you assault them. You're going to have to pay for it. But if they're Chavol Bacherim, they're Pater. What a deal. An Isha gets off. A woman can assault whoever she wants. She could, uh, she could go work out and then just uh, beat the Gesundheit out of everybody. How's that? That's allowed? And she doesn't have to pay anything? So no, we're not talking about, we're talking about an Isha's Ish. She's married. So what? So a married woman is allowed to assault people? A, she's not allowed to assault people. No, no one's allowed to assault people. But it's a question whether she's going to have to pay. And the problem is she has no money. All of her money is under the control of her husband. So that's why Spigasam Rush is not going to be able to pay for it. So says the Mishnah. However, Nisgarsha Ha'isha if the woman becomes divorced, or if the Eved is freed, then they have to pay. Then they're going to have to pay for, for what they did. Says Beis Yosef, aren't we missing a line in that Gemara? It should have said, Katan is pigas and he's not going to have to pay for anything. But it should have said that when the Katan grows up, he's going to have to pay. It doesn't say that though. So says Beis Yosef in Shemem Tassin Choshem Mishpatim. The low katani gabe katan higdil akatan chayev l'shalim mashma dafilu higdil pater. The implication is that even if the katan grows up, he's going to be pater. Yeah. Does a woman have to pay back the damage she took when she was divorced, or when she was still married? Even with what she did when she was married, because she was really chayev. It was just that she didn't have any money to pay. Her. But the katan is different because the katan is not about chayuva. Right, why doesn't the husband have to pay for it? It's not me, I'm not the one that did it. My wife has her own mind. She's the one that did it. It's not like Shor of a Chamorro, where you can uh, lock it up or whatever. That's not, there's no uh, expectation of that. Presumably, like the Rambam, put them all together, right? The Chiyuvim of Ashava would, would probably be the same. Right? Why would it be different? Now, if she, obviously, if a woman has the thing that she stole, she has to return it. Well, let's say she stole money and she gambled it away. She uh, Football season starting, she joined the fantasy football league because she heard that that's what everyone has to do. And she got an app on her phone where you could lose all your money just by from the comfort of your living room. You don't even have to get off your couch. You can lose all your money without getting off your couch. And uh, that's what she did. So she she, she gambled it all, all the way already. So now she's... Um, so she has to wait till she's divorced and then she'll uh, once the husband discovers that she gambled away all the money so they'll get divorced and then she'll have to pay for, for then she'll have to pay for it once she has her own money okay so that's what Shulchan Aruch writes 
Now, if the item is still intact, like we pointed out, then of course she's going to have to return the item. And anyone would have to, the cousin also obviously would have to return the item when he grows up if the item is still intact. There is a discussion. What? Ah, so why is that? So why do you think that is? Why, if the item is still intact, do you have to return it? Ah, exactly. Because you're holding something that doesn't belong to you, it's not yours. So since you you have an item that's not you don't have to pay your own money to pay back to do a mitzvah of Exela when the 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 was done when you were a katan, but over here it's not your own money it's something that still belongs to someone else. So you have to ask. So this is a discussion in the the Chubis Eretz Tzvi the Kajig Glover Gon. My favorite, not just because Kaj Glover Gon is a is, is a fun name to say, but his his name was Rav Tzvi Frimer. So he's the only Gadol I know of that that. I have the same name as him. No one had Aryeh Tzvi. My name is Aryeh Tzvi. So Aryeh Tzvi Frimer, the Kajuk lover, has a tshuva about that. Whether you would say, whether if there was Yeish Kodem Shen Gadel, we just say maybe there's no Chiv to return. Because then maybe it was Baliado Beheter. Because it's his only Baliado when he was uh, in Gadel. So maybe you'd say such a thing. He has an interesting, an interesting tshuva about that. Ksav Sofer has the following Chiddush. Ksav Sofer suggests in the tshuva, in Archaim Sim Chavav, what I have the keys in Ksav Sofer? No, I'm not Rav Sachs. I don't have the keys in anything. <laughs> but there's a uh, there's a sefer that I purchased uh, I don't know about like ten years ago called Hakatan Vihilchosav. Three volumes on anything you want to know about a katan. It was the best purchase. It was uh, it's, first of all, no one has it, and uh, and 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 whenever you need anything about a katan, Baruch Hashem, Shul of of a, of. of uh, uh, that has I'm a rav of a shul that has a lot of young families with young children. A lot of shailas come up about katanim, so of course he has five pages on if a katan steals something. So he shakes out every maramakom. So he's got a ksav sofer. So a ksav sofer, chubas ksav sofer, rochaim sim chavav says that there's no mitzvah hashavas hagzela in this case because there was no iser violated. The mitzvah because the guy was not bar chiyuva. The mitzvah of hashavas hagzela is only when you violated the iser. But the person never violated this. So if you have the item and you have to return it simply because you're holding on someone else's item. But the reason there's no vehation is because you never violated the issue. Oh, for sure, if, if you would, the Shulchan says that explicitly, we'll get that in a second, that, that for sure there's a chinuch if a child stole something to tell him to return it. But this is years later. It's not chinuch anymore. Now he's an adult. No, but that's not his own chiv. That's his parents' chiv to be mechanichim. Let's say, let's uh, let's make it simple. Let's say it that way. It's parents' chiv to be mechanichim. Now it's very shulchanach that he doesn't have to return it, right? So you have to. So the ksav sofer says that the reason he doesn't have to return it is because there can't be a mitzvah when the person was not a when the person didn't violate the issue of stealing. So in this sefer, Akadim Vachosov is not convinced that that cheshbon is correct at all. It could be there is a mitzvah of exactly even when you didn't violate stealing. For example, the Ramban in uh, I think number seventeen in the mitzvah Shashacha Harambam, the Ramban wrote a sagos on the Rambam Sefer Mitzvahs. The Rambam counted up the six hundred thirteen mitzvahs. One of the biggest kashas in all the Sefer Mitzvahs, mitzvahs that were written by Rishonim is Lamainaf Kamina. Who cares whether something's a separate mitzvah? It's part of another mitzvah. It's not. It's not an argument whether it's halacha or not. Everyone agrees that there are thousands of halachas. It's just a matter of how you count mitzvahs. Very, very strong kasha, whether something's a mitzvah or not. But the Rishonim spent time on it. Not that much time, probably. But they spent time at least writing, writing the Sifra mitzvahs. You get the impression from the Ramah that the Ramah was the first one that really 
it really worked on it, you know, because he, uh, Sadi Gaon wrote a poem, it was a two page poem, but then Rabbi Yochum Fischel wrote a commentary, so now it's three big fat volumes. But, uh, but the Rambam, the Rambam wrote rules, he wrote rules of how to count mitzvahs, and the, the Ramban had what to say about it. So the Ramban has a clever way of saying it, instead of saying, I disagree, he says there are mitzvahs that the Rambam forgot about. The Ramban didn't forget about any mitzvahs. The Ramban knew all the mitzvahs. But the Ramban writes that one of the mitzvahs that the Ramban, that the Rambam forgot, is hachzaras ribis. That if you charge interest, you have to return what you charge. You have to return the interest that you charged. So this is safe from Megillah Esther, not to be confused with Megillah Esther. The safe from Megillah Esther on the Rambam safe from mitzvahs defends the Rambam from all the asagas of the Ramban. So in the safe from Megillah Esther says the Rambam didn't forget this. He already counted Veshvas Exela. And returning ribbis is part of Veshvas Exela. Uh, do you, you violate the sigzel when you charge ribbis? No, you violate ribbis. But apparently you can have a mitzvah Veshvas Exela, according to the Rambam, at least the way the Middle Assessor understands, even if you didn't violate stealing. That's one raya he has. There's a Chubas Red Vaz that says, Prias Palchov is a kiyum of Veshvas Exela also. That when you borrow money from someone, you have to pay them back. I didn't steal, I borrowed money from them. I pay them back. Veshavas Exhale, it's a key mitzvah Veshavas Exhale. It's also a Mishabru that says that Onoah is a lava nita classe, because you have the assay of Veshavas Exhale. So what's Onoah? You overcharge someone. I just had a case like this where uh, a person, I oh, will save it for another <laughs> for another week. But you have, you have cases where someone overcharges by a lot. So he has a mitzvah to return it. So the, the Mishabru writes in Tafre Shvav, that that's Veshavas Exhale, that's a, it's a Nita class A. But where's the Yisr of stealing? He didn't violate stealing, he violated or not. It's a different Yisr. So to say this Cheshbin, that one is connected to the other, very difficult to say. And then there's a fascinating Chiddush that may change the whole, the whole story over here. Because right now, where are we with this, with this guy? Let's just, you know, hold cup over here. The guy stole things when he was a kata, now he's an adult. According to the halacha, psuka, and shulchan aruch, based on the diuk and the base yosef, makes from the Mishnah and achovel, the halacha is pater. Right? That's where we are, that he's pater. There's a chufa from Rabbi Yitzhak Kalchana. Rabbi Yitzhak Kalchana and Rabbi Yitzhak Kalchana Spectre, not to be confused with the yeshiva. So in this chufa is nachal Yitzchak. So he writes in the tshuva, Nachal Yitzchak Simen Zayin Anaf Dalit. The Shuvahs are not learned that, that, that much. Not as much as uh, probably they should be. So he writes in, he's the Posekador, he writes in, uh, in Shuva that if a child stole when he was already had a reasonable amount of das, he's already an older child, then he's, it's an Isidar Isa for him to steal. He violated an Isidar Isa and he became an Ashava. Why? He said, just think about it. Let's say a guy steals. Does a guy have to return what he stole? Yeah, guy's not allowed to steal. The guy's absolutely obligated to return what he stole. He definitely has a requirement to, to return what he stole. The guy's not allowed to steal. Isidar Rice, if a guy to steal. How old of a guy? What if the guy is uh, 12? Is it an Isidar Rice for him? So what are you going to say? No, he's not bar mitzvah yet. He's a guy. He's not going to be bar mitzvah. So when do the chiyuvim of the Sheva mitzvahs kick in for a guy? It happens to be there's a whole literature on this topic of whether we go with a, we would say that a guy also has like a bar mitzvah, or you'd say that it would depend on whenever he, he comes to some level of das. But many of the poskim assume Rav Yosef Engel has what to say about this, and many many other achronim have what to say about this. It was sort of Vernon Sachs in one of his shirim last year. I was listening to the kedushin shirim. Point there, Rav Yosef Engel wrote the sefer Chosen Yosef, which is his ha'aris on. 
on the Avnei Miluim, right? It's Haris on the Avnei Miluim. So Sack said, how did, he, well, how did he come about writing the Chos and Yosef? Because he got very sick, he couldn't see well, his eyes needed to be rested. So the doctors told him, you can't read. And it's like, that's, that's telling him he can't breathe. He can tell the Torah, he can't learn. So he had someone read to him. What else would you have someone read to you? So he had someone read to him, the Avnei Miluim. And he would dictate Ha'aras in the Avnei Miluim. And he had the same Chos and Yosef. Most of us, what would we say? We say, you can't read. Okay, can I watch TV? <laughs> but Rav uh, you know, there's no excuses, no excuses. You can't read, you still learn. Anyway, so Rav has all the riches on this topic. But Rav Yisrael says, it's possible that, that the guy becomes a bar mitzvah whenever he has das. So you're going to tell me a 12-year-old guy, it's an Isidar Reisif from Tzitil, and a 12-year-old Jew is not? The Gemara in Sanhedrin says, it can't be me, Kamidi. Could it be such a thing that for a guy is going to be usher and for a Jew is going to be mutter? So that's the Chiddush of Yisrael Khan, that, for, that may be Yisrael Daraisa for a Jew. Okay, it's a Chiddush, because it's against the Pashos and Shulchan Aruch. Pashos and Shulchan Aruch is certainly not that way. Even if it's Yisrael Daraisa from the steel, he has to have Shavuot, does he have to have Shavuot and actually apologize? Oh, is it Goychayev and Shavuot? No, the, the kid. Does the kid have to? Oh, okay, good. Right, meaning that may, may say he has to return it, but maybe that he doesn't have to do Shavuot. Very good. Right, that would not look hard in that. Now, well, that's a good question. I'm not sure. There is another Maramakam in Shulchan Aruch, though. If you only look in Chosh Mishpat, you only get half the story over here. There's one more Maramakam in Shulchan Aruch that's critical. It's a Ramah in Hilcha Shabbos. Hilcha Shabbos? What does that do with Hilcha Shabbos? Ramah writes in Hilcha Shabbos, you know how uh, you don't want your child playing with Muktzah toys on Shabbos. You don't want him doing Yisurim for you on Shabbos. Some people do. Oh, we left the light off. Just tell the kid to do it. That's not okay. You're not allowed to do that. You're not allowed to just uh, ask a child to do all sorts of malachas for you on, uh, on Shabbos. But the Ramah writes, and the Ramah talks about keeping a child away from Yisurim. And the Ramah writes in Shimnam Gimel, V'katan shehika es aviv, o'avr shara verus bekat nusa. A child hit his parent. It happens sometimes. Kids get so angry, they, uh, they start striking the parent. Or he did some other avera when he was a child. Even though he doesn't need to do tshuva. You hear the lashon? What does that imply to you? Whatever tshuva normally requires, go a notch below. He doesn't have to do the full extent of what... If you stole from somebody... Not you. If someone stole from somebody and he's got to do tshuva, he's got to... What, right away! Return everything! Get mechit, Right away! You can't wait. But maybe for a katan, eizadavr, the tshuva l'chaparu. Afal pisha avar kodem shenas Even though he violated the avera before he was ever a baronsh. Mishabru on the spot says... And what if he stole? Mishabura says, Katon Shaganavo Shehizik. So, first of all, if he stole Katon, what you were saying before, some of the same, if I remember, Roy Lebezin Lakoso Shalayargilba. Bezdin should set him straight. Got to make sure he doesn't develop a habit over here. Avalain Saruch Lashali Mimena Gneva Ben. But if he doesn't have it, he doesn't have to pay back. That's what Allah was in Chosh Mishpat. Vikal Zemidina, says the Mishabura. Avalifnim Mishurus Adin, Bein Shech. I think I had a typo when I typed this up. 
whatever it was, that's what it says, whether he assaulted someone, whether he stole from someone, he's going to have to pay him back. And Sharetzin, he says, even if it was only Garmi, even if it was an indirect damage, still uh, still have to pay back. Now, if you look in the Chumas Hadeshen, which is the source of the Ramah, Chumas Hadeshen is one of the more important Svarim that uh, people often don't look inside in the Chumas Hadeshen, because the Ramah quotes it on Kemat every page in Shulchan Aruch. He's always quoting Chumas Hadeshen, Gedoli Ashkenaz. In Chumas Hadeshen, he says that uh, you don't have to pay back uh, the entire amount right away. So that's what the Ramah, it's exactly what we were saying. When the Ramah says something for some sort of tshuva, some sort of kapara, it means that take a little bit of lunch money today and put it aside to pay back. A little bit of lunch money tomorrow, put that aside to pay back. You don't have to go to your parents and say, can you take away from my bar mitzvah savings or whatever, the, the, the college savings, whatever, whatever you might have. It is important to note, though, that it's um, two things. First of all, the Radvaz writes in Yitshuva that it's a good idea for a person to because if a person already developed a habit as a young child without going through that process of Tshuva, he's going to be mevakesh limuda. His Yetzirah is going to be misgaber and he's going to look for the things that still... You can't defeat that Yetzirah unless you confront it. So he needs to do the Tshuva just to, because it was part of who he is, it was part of his personality. So the tshuva process, even though it may not be mandatory for him, is probably a very good idea. To go through the charata, naziva sachet, obviously, kabbalah alasit, obviously, vidu even, go through the whole, the whole process of tshuva, the self-cleansing process of, of tshuva. And the other point is that if you are the victim, that he, and he builds up the courage to apologize, Sometimes people like to stand on ceremony. You did what? I'm not, I don't know if I'm ready to be mochel yet. In general, when someone comes and apologizes for something, it's important to realize that that's not easy for people to do. And as a takanas hashavim, we should make it easy for them. If someone apologizes as a takanas hashavim, make it easy for people to do tshuva. We should be, uh, we should, we should be receptive to, uh, to their tshuva. But not only if you're the victim. If you're the rabbi that they ask the shaila to, that has to be part of the cheshbon. Whenever someone asks a tshuva shaila about how do I do tshuva for this, do I have to... Takaras hashavim is very important. Think about not just what, you know, obviously you have to think about what the svarim say and what's black and white, but you have to think about what's, what's going to work for this person. And what's going to enable him, because if what you tell him says, oh, I, it causes him to say, oh, I can't do that, forget it, then, then you haven't done your job. So you have to come up with whatever Takarat Shavim works within, within the law, within the confines of the halacha. You have to try to come up with Takarat Shavim. In this case, it happens to be pretty easy. Because it's black and white in Shulchan Aruch. That he's allowed to do. You know, that he doesn't really need Shuvah Mikra Adin. And whatever he does is all the Flimishur din. So it happens to be, it happens to be pretty easy. Now, the Behuda sets the standard for this. You know, the famous Nadibuda, Madura Kama, Simon Lamed Hay, Narachayim, where the Nadibuda was asked by that crazy guy that had this affair with a woman that, uh, whose daughter he was about to marry, a uh, crazy old story and he says, I need to do tshuva but you gotta go easy on me because I'm a yeshiva bachar and I'm learning him and Valayla, so how do I do tshuva for the fact that I uh, that, uh, that I had an affair with my future mother-in-law for three years straight without ever telling my father-in-law, you know, that kind of thing and he also, the other part of the shaila is more interesting la halacha, they're both interesting the other part of the shaila was, do I have to tell my father-in-law, because he probably is not going to be so happy so, and his title why he wouldn't have to tell is that it's Kavar Abrius. 
but he, really the family is covered because it was a chash of a family it would be a big scandal it wouldn't be good for him but Nebuda writes to him so the guy wanted to know he said if I do Tshuva Samishkal you familiar with what Tshuva Samishkal is? where you have, go through all sorts of sigufim and you, you whip yourself and you roll around in the mud and you fast the X amount of days for this Avera so he says if I do Tshuva Samishkal I don't know if I can make it so Nebuda says Tshuva Samishkal if you lived Kishnos Misushelach, I don't think you could have enough time on this earth to do Tshuva Samishkal. But he says, I understand. So what we do, what we focus on in Tshuva is Aziva Sachet. We have Charata, Aziva Sachet, Kabbalah Lasid Vidui. Sincere Tshuva. Cry about it. Daven about it. Sincere Tshuva. It's all, it's, we, we focus more on the lave than anything else. So, okay, so this is the Tshuva Shaila. Maybe one other time, some other time, we'll get to the Shach Yana Shaila. Maybe two Bishvat time, we'll get to the Shach Yana Shaila. Okay. Have a Chsiv Xim Taiva to everybody. If I don't know you, and um, I'm telling you now I would like to, so please come over and uh, introduce yourself. And if I forget your name, which I will, continually introduce yourself. Thank you. Chsiv Xim Taiva, good Shabbos.